What's up, everybody? It is 7.14 a.m., just about the time when I start my podcast. I, uh, I was thinking about it because I'm here. I finished my workout. I ran a 6-minute and 53-second mile again. 6-minute uh, and 50-second mile. Last week was 6-minute and 53-second, so I bumped it up 3 seconds, and that 3 seconds really took it out of me. But I, I woke up early, and I'm coming up here, and I'm about I'm doing this podcast, and I looked out the out the window and it's like full daylight right it looks like the morning and what's funny about texas is that when i started this job in august we're going into the fall and winter time and during that time of the year uh light is not out at all it is pitch black dark at 7 a.m so it's really uh it's really interesting to start heading towards the summertime um you know being in the being in the spring-ish, it's March 7th, um, but being in the spring-ish and going into the summertime and seeing the sun come out a lot earlier, it makes me feel like I'm not waking up early anymore. Anyway, so um, I was, you know, I I live with my brother-in-law and my sister, along with my wife and uh, both families, two little, two little baby girls, um, and I was staying up last night talking to my brother-in-law uh, about trajectory and business ventures. You know, we changed my brake pads together and then uh, showered and just started talking as I was eating. And uh, and just an insight in my life, that was, that was the first meal of my day because I don't eat until I come home from work. And so it was 7 o'clock at night, first meal of the day. And I was talking to him. Anyway, um, and we were talking about this client that I, uh, it looks like I picked up and the client is, um, a endodontist company that, uh, basically goes in and they buy endodontistries, uh, you know, they, they frame it a certain way so it doesn't feel like the endodontists are being bought out, but basically they buy these endodontist, uh, you know, offices and they facilitate the HR, the accounting, the finance, the marketing, the uh, customer retentions, customer service, um, leads, lead nurture, and everything else that doesn't have to do with the actual endodontist practice in and of itself. And they make these endodontists, and they allow the endodontists to just be endodontists, but they basically make them employees. And the company, in the seven years that it has been around, has scaled up to $350 million in revenue. And I asked the guy while we were in a meeting, um, his name is Ronnie. I asked Ronnie, I said, what is it? I mean, like, is this a consolidation of a market? Because I saw this once before. And he said, yeah, it actually is. And it's a really exciting business model. In fact, I was with a veterinarian, uh, you know, a, a vet company that did the same thing. And while I was there, we went from $250 million to $750 million in revenue. And I was just blown away. I could not believe what I was hearing. So this is a very strong business model. And basically these companies, these consolidating companies, uh, will partner up with private equity companies. And they, along with the private equity companies, will come in and just sweep up all of these, all of the, uh, these private practices, the mom and pop shops or, you know, owner operated, owner, you know, whatever. And they buy them out and they consolidate the market. So I was talking to my brother-in-law and uh, 
telling him about this and saying that, you know, I had this idea for junk removal. I think it would be totally possible to partner up with a private equity company and start buying out all of the junk removal companies in DFW. And, uh, you know, along with that, we could, uh, I don't know, I, I thought it was super interesting. And we were talking through it. And he thought it was a really good idea. And I thought it was a really good idea. And so I figured that the first thing that I'd want to do is find out how to seller finance one junk removal company, although I started my own, I think it would be more, it would make more sense to seller finance and purchase a um, junk removal company. Because if I did that, that would mean that the uh, operations were already in place. And not only that, but one, uh, from what I understand, um, from, you know, reading online, $1.5 trillion uh, worth of businesses, small businesses are owned by baby boomers. And I don't know when you're listening to this, if you don't know what a baby boomer is, but they're basically in, in 2023, they're people who are like 50, 67 years old, you know, people who are looking to retire. And so, um, you know, in looking online, a lot of companies that are being sold right now are selling because the owners are looking to retire. And I looked at it and I thought to myself, geez, if I were able to sell or finance this, I'd be able to give the retiree, uh, you know, a monthly check that they would be able to live off of for years and never have to work in their life again. Um, and, uh, and, and, and yeah, I thought that that was just a brilliant idea. I could give a far above asking price to be able to sell or finance a uh, business and then buy a business. And then once I buy a business, then it would be a lot easier to partner up with a private equity company because I'd be able to, you know, kind of have proven my mettle. And so I was telling my brother-in-law about this. He thought it was a great idea. I said, this is the first concrete step is buying a business. And you know, before that is talking to my business partner, Brian Smith, and finding out if this is plausible and seeing if he would, you know, co-sign and cover the, uh, the closing costs. Um, so I'm going to be doing that in the next few weeks, but uh, finding if that's a possibility. And after that, uh, and even earlier in the day yesterday, I was reevaluating my five to 10 year goals. And when I, you know, I wrote that, I wrote down my goals in my journal and one of them was, you know, close a hundred thousand dollars worth of sales. But, uh, I was, I don't know. I did the math and I was kind of disappointed. And the reason why I was disappointed is because in, uh, the commercial real estate industry, right. Um, you have you have splits that happen with every sale, right? So on a uh, million dollar transaction, let's say that's a million dollars, um, you make four and a half percent. That's how much a tenant rep makes. So that's $45,000. And you're thinking to yourself like, man, you know, because most transactions can, uh, can go up that high, Right. Most transactions, like let's say it's a million dollar transaction, I mean that's only two hundred thousand dollars a year, right? At uh, thirty dollars a foot, you're talking about that's a six thousand foot office. There's a lot of offices 
that are 6,000 square feet, right? And so I'm, you know, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking to myself, okay, so on a million dollar sale, I get $45,000. That's great. And that's totally possible. 6,000 square foot deal. But then you have to think about the fact that there are something called splits. And basically with my firm, it's 50-50 with me and the company. So $45,000 then gets split down to 22500 right? But even beyond that, you don't get it all, right? Because you have something called transaction management. And transaction management takes 7% right off the top. So now you're down to $20,925, right? And then beyond that, right, you are, you know, especially at my stage in my career, every single transaction that I facilitate, I have to have a partner on it with, right? So then that goes to 50-50. So now I'm looking at $10,462, right? So if every transaction that I do, every million dollar sale that I do, I get $10,000 on, it's, it's insane, especially because most transactions take about six months to close. So, I mean, six months to close, I would have to make, I would have to do 10, I would have to do one of these every single month, right? I'd have to close a 6,000 square foot office every single month or bigger. And it's, you know, that was such a, such a hard thing to see because I'm here and I'm making tons of calls every single week. I'm making tons of calls. And as I'm making these calls, I'm looking at, you know, the, I'm looking at the transaction, like my, my close ratios. Um, and if you go based on literally number of calls, it's like one in every thousand, right? One every month I actually get hired on. And that's not including the ones that I just get tossed to me because my company's a nice company, right? If you take that into account, it's one every 3,000 calls that I make. So it's like, is this really a lucrative business? Is this something that I really want to do? And so I'm reevaluating. I'm really thinking about it. And I ask myself, what do I want to do in five to 10 years? What's my goal in five to 10 years? And I was like, well, I want to own my own business. And in five to 10 years, I don't want to just do that, but I want to own and I want to have sold my own business. So I want to have owned my business and sold the business, bought another business, and now I'm operating a second business. That's what I want to do in five to 10 years, you know? And I want five kids. I already have one, right? In 10 years, I want to have all five of my kids and I want to have my own house. And I'm asking myself, will I be able to close <laughs> You know, what, what a million dollars is ten thousand. So I would have to do ten million dollars in sales every year. Would I be able to close ten million dollars in sales every single year? That's a that's such a tough question to ask, and it's not to say that I can't or that I wouldn't be an incredible broker because I think I. I absolutely have that potential, but this is a long game and I, and you dig a hole for yourself every single day. You know, not only do I have a draw, which I'm going into debt for with the company, but I'm also seeing that 
it's it's incredibly tough to I don't know I'm just thinking but it it's incredibly tough to leave once you start getting your footing you know I set a meeting with a 15,000 square foot client you know two million three million dollar sale and transaction value right if I get this client their lease expiration though is in a year and eight months a year and eight months you know so I set the meeting and the guy likes me a lot and I even think the guy's gonna work with me but you know what I'm gonna get paid is gonna be a year and eight months away from now so it's like do I want to wait a year and eight months to get paid not really you know not really and if I do that, right, like, will I be able to start my own business? So these are all the questions that I've been asking myself, finding out whether I need to get new employment. Um, what I might do is actually get another job offer and leverage it into, you know, maybe getting a different position at this company. I don't know. There's a lot of thoughts that are running through my head. But uh, my five to ten year plans—it's it's not being a broker. It's not my—it's not my cards. So, just evaluating, trying to figure out what makes sense, and uh, seeing what I can do. And with that, I'm going to check out. Hopefully, you kind of—I don't know—you probably didn't learn anything, but hopefully, you—you uh, you got to understand a little bit about what it's what it's like to be in my shoes and. Maybe you can pull some inspiration from the hard times that I go through. All right. You guys take care. Y'all have a great week, and I'll make sure to do the same. Talk soon.